Hey guys, how's it going and welcome to episode 2 of the Evolve Fitness Podcast. Really hope you enjoyed the first one. Um, If you got to the end of it, as I said, you're an absolute trooper. It was a bit of a long one, but I think it's really important to just highlight um, my experiences and all those things that brought me to where I am today. And today we're going to get stuck in to some of my thoughts and things when it comes to um, our environment when it comes to our fat loss and weight loss goals, okay? Um, I don't want to make this super statsy, you know, a lot of people use a lot of evidence in terms of from research papers and stuff, you know, and I've done a lot of research on these things in the past, but a lot of this I want to be relatable directly to you so it helps you um, and a lot of this comes from my experience of of working with lots of people, um, listening to what people say and really how this is influencing uh, the culture that we live in today. Um, this is going to be completely about the environment, okay, and and our, our environment around us. Um, and when I, when I mean that, I'm talking about factors which influence us in terms of us eating too much or exercising too little uh, because these are part and parcel when it comes to the, the kind of energy balance equation which is necessary when we are on a mission to lose that unwanted body fat and get ourselves in the best shape of our lives. We're not talking about genetics. So, you know, when there's this kind of discussions around weight loss and fat loss, a lot of people and a lot of the public jump to genetic, genetic precursors that that they have possibly or possibly not, you know, they may not they might not know, and they use genetic factors as a I don't want to use the word excuse, but as a reason as to why they maybe aren't on the path they want to or the uh, getting the results that they that they really really desire. You know, some people, you know, there are genetic precursors that predetermine you know one's ability to gain weights over time. Uh, but you know, when it comes to genetics, we we can't alter our genes. You know, even if we have uh, an underlying uh, genetic condition that does predispose us to being overweight or obese, and there are things in place to be able to help with that, then you know you've done your best with it. The environmental factors that are out out there um, have a massive uh, effect on the population of a whole and it's a better way to to try and assess what's going on and look at uh, how we can improve what we do by surveying the surroundings around us, the situations we're in and being able to take some positive actionable steps to actually get progress just possibly by making um, some small changes okay um, and Listen, if you are someone listening to this and, and you maybe think you have uh, a genetic underlying condition that predisposes you to increase body weight or and all the rest of it, what I would say to that is, you know, there is absolutely no substitute to, for adopting a healthy, like healthy habits and a healthy lifestyle. Um, what I've seen in the past is people rely on this as, as, a, as a reason to give up and as a reason to uh, not try and better themselves when ultimately, you know, adopting healthier habits and, and again, as we've already said, looking at the environment around us uh, to, to, to reap some benefits from will go a long, long way and actually, you know, you doing your absolute best, you know, and if, it, if the best means that you're able to lose a couple of kilos as opposed to a couple of stone, uh, then fair play. But today, I just wanted to get that out of the way really quickly at the start, okay? We are going to talk solely about the environment. 
environment and before we do this it's really important to kind of just talk about you know the the, the fat loss equation that i'm sure most of us know uh, and it involves using lots of people talk about it today and what we all know about uh, is being in a calorie deficit so burning more calories so exercising moving around more so burning more calories off than we consume through food this is the only way this is the the laws of thermodynamics <laughs> no one is above or beyond this okay so um when it comes to to try and lose body fat when this is the factor ultimately we need to be moving more and consuming fewer calories now before someone starts jumping down my throat this is easier said than done and it's not helpful to just say that this is the re the the, the be all and end all the calorie deficit is the process that has to be undertaken in order to get there but in action actually <laughs> having actionable measures to achieve that is far more difficult a thing to achieve okay so we're just going to get into like a couple of things about like the, our environment in, in 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 general in terms of where we are in the uk so i'm in the uk i'm in scotland i'm gonna look at some stats so you know there's you know from 2019 there are let's see if i can get this number out right there's 67 million 530,172 people in the uk whoa it's a lot of people okay 27.8 percent of adults in the uk are obese so over a quarter of us are obese and a and a, and a further 35 percent uh, are overweight so well over half of the population are in a position where they are overweight or obese and at risk of of you know early graves you know with putting it bluntly so suffering suffering from things like diabetes cardiovascular disease heart attack and stroke uh you know lots of different things joint problems um you know all the rest of it deficiencies in, in diet nutrition uh people are are struggling okay and when it comes to slightly going back to this genetic factor you know these these this rate of obesity and overweightness in the uk has increased over time okay it has increased even in the last if we went back um a generation if we went back 25 years it was a lot less than it was less than this our genetic factors are, are you know humans do not evolve that quickly so we don't develop um changes in our in our on our genes that dramatically it's just to say that oh this is all down to genetics it's it's impossible to say that um so this is why we're just focusing solely on the environmental factors because if we think about the environment that we're in now it is completely different to 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 what it used to be and public health england you know previously said that we are living in an increasingly obesogenic, I can't even say the word, obesogenic environment, okay, so we're in an obesogenic environment, it makes us, it makes it harder for individuals to avoid unhealthy lifestyle choices, and it is totally true, you know, we live in an environment now where we have lots of things readily available to us, we're going to get into these a bit, a bit briefer, um, but when we look at things like uh, obesity rates across other countries, and overweight rates in other countries in the UK, so Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland, like I could give you the exact percentages but there's not much difference and we have to ask this question why why has this happened why are we now like this and what can we do what can what can we help you with right now to uh, without you know without uh having to do massive changes in your life your lifestyle your habits what can we adopt 
uh, to act, make a massive difference. And I'm going to highlight some things across this podcast. So the first thing to, to, to bring into the forefront is that our food environment has totally changed, okay? It's crazy. MCA Insight, which is a, kind of like a watchdog for food um, and restauranting across the UK, they basically are saying that the fast food industry has doubled in size in the UK in the last three years and it's expected to be worth $9.8 billion pounds in the uk by 2021 wow that's huge so um there are more fast food joints there are more takeaways there are more uh, convenience based options when it comes to food than there were three years ago which is which is mad british consumers are expected to spend 22 percent more of their income on takeaway food by the end of 2020 so by the end of 2020 by the end of next year the projection is we're going to be spending more money on, on takeaway food which is as we a lot of us know are high in fat high in sugar and trans fats i should say um and and generally uh not on the scale of something we should be eating every day 39 percent of takeaway orders go through an app now which is also set to increase uh, and you can also now i recently discovered this you can also buy subscriptions now to these delivery services so you get free delivery um for a monthly cost which means the delivery is not really free but the point of this is that our consumption of these things is set to increase. And if you think about making this a little bit more anecdotal now, if you think about you come home on a Friday night and you haven't prepared any food, you've, you've got, not, you know, I'm going to go across a few points here, but you've not prepared a meal for that evening. You sit in your couch and you turn on the television. We'll get to that in a minute as well. And you pick up your phone and you order food. So you can... You can order any fast food basically now to your door without moving. You can take 10 steps to the door and 10 steps back to the couch and eat a meal that could be well over 1,500 to 2,000 calories without moving. And if you think back even like five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, that wasn't really a thing. So the environment that has been created around food our easily our easy access to food which we didn't have before has massively increased you know you think about it like if you even think back to when you were a child going for fish and chips on a friday night with your family or whatever that was a big deal it was something that didn't happen every single week it was maybe something that happened once a month once every other month um and you know you're probably used to more home cooked meals all the time all the rest of it these things are becoming more and more common and it's not uncommon for me to hear about clients that i train um buying takeaway food two to three times a week eating out two to three times a week because food is becoming slightly cheaper when it in terms of uh, casual dining restaurants takeaways all this stuff it's slightly more affordable uh, so people feel that, that they can people have a little bit more money these days people feel that they can go out and consume more and uh, and that, that can be that can lead to a big problem now I'm not before we go on I'm not saying that these habits everything I said today is in, mod- in moderation is perfectly fine but what I'm talking about is overuse of these things and and, and uh, over reliance on these on what we're going to cover okay just to get that out there before I get an email going oi, oi, shouting at me okay even things like I, I kind of looked into some other stats as well okay I'm going to get the stats out of the way quick so things like green grocers right where you went and bought your fruit and veg with your parents I always remember whenever I was you know at school my mum would in my town in Jamore there's a square okay and it is literally a square uh, she would go from the green grocers to the butcher 
and then round the corner to the there was another, another like convenience store uh the other side of the square and get whatever other bits she needed so she literally went to the green grocers for fruit and veg she went to the butcher um for for her meat and stuff uh a convenience store around the corner to get any other bits she needed she had to go out of her way to do that okay there was more effort required to get and and and, and obtain the this food and as a result, probably the diet and things, and the, the the choice was less. Okay, but it meant that okay, the diet maybe wasn't as as um, diverse or varied, but it meant that fresh fruit and vegetables, fresh meat, fresh produce was always available. Okay, but it was something that, that was like the norm. And a bit of a stat just now, based on like current statistics, there's only two thousand five hundred and fifty green grocers left in the UK. That's a thousand less than there was ten years ago, and that's a mad drop. That's crazy. That's a hundred a year disappearing. It's crazy to think that you know searching out fresh produce and, and stuff is, is slightly more difficult than it used to be butchers there's 15,000 in the UK in 1990 and now there are less than 6,000 across the whole country so that's crazy that's a massive drop as well so the ability to get high quality produce as well is is is, is diminishing slightly in terms of these things as well as we're less prepared than, than we used to be we no longer readily do things like weekly food jobs people are more sporadic about what they want to do uh, they're more unprepared and they don't plan in advance when it comes to food so again think about your own situation do you do a weekly shop do you plan out uh, i'm not saying every meal i'm saying maybe your evening meal do you plan out your evening meals for every single day of the week uh, or one night of the week two nights of the week you know i'm being a bit over the top of this but um you know decisions made ahead of time lead to less overwhelm less guilt and uh and lead to better results so if a change that you could make would be to to plan your evening meals for five nights a week, that goes a long way to you not reaching for your mobile phone to, to order takeaway off an app. Um, and it will cost you a hell of a lot less money as well. And this this goes back to the point about food availability has massively increased. I mean, if you think back, again, using my example of whenever I was in, in school or in primary school or a long time ago, even people listen to this older than me and they'll they'll understand more. But you would it was a bit harder to just go into a shop, to just run into a shop and get something to eat. It wasn't as easy to do that. It wasn't easy to buy like a packet sandwich or or like a pastry or something like that. It wasn't as, as easy to do that. The the readily available nature of the, the foods now is uh, is it's huge. Like there's 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 literally in where I live in Edinburgh, there's like pastry shops on nearly every corner. You know, in the city, you can go into these shops and and buy a sausage roll that is three hundred odd calories and consume it in two and a half minutes, and that's you that's you sorted. You know, it's one of these things where the red, readily available nature of these of these products is huge, and it's it's massive compared to what it used to be. And then alongside this as well, it's like you know our portion sizes are increasing so when we think about um when you go to restaurants the size of the portions are now bigger than they ever used to be the structure of our food has changed so when we're at home or when we're in restaurants the food's more calorie dense it's more it's more calorific it's it's it, which basically means that it contains more energy but it can sometimes be less nutri- less nutritious which we talk about as being less nutrient dense okay so it's one of these things where the quality of the food is decreasing when we go to when we go to these places and that's to do with the price the price is cheaper it's it's turned out quicker it's produced on mass so uh, again the the quality of the food is decreasing and again similarly every single where we go like when we go when you go to a shopping center if you go to a sports stadium if you go to the cinema there's food everywhere like you can get like food snacks at your at like a petrol station now 24-hour shops like your local mega supermarket is open pretty much 24 hours gyms and health clubs they are even doing like food restaurants 
cafes now as well. So even when you're meant to be exercising, you can be consuming as well. And this is all about we're in this kind of realm where we're we're desperate for consumption all the time and lots of different things, but especially when it comes to food. That's crazy. Like we spend more on food eating out of the home now than we do that in our home. Like there was a bit of a this thing I found about uh, it was the United States actually, but in 1970, people spent 20%, 27% of their food budget uh, outside the home. But in 2006 and beyond, that had risen to 46%, and it's probably more now. I couldn't find a more uh, recent one. But the point being, we're spending more of our food outside of the home. It's eating into our wallets, and it is eating into our, well, it is expanding our waistlines as well. And back to the idea of portion control is like, think now about the choice that you have. Everything used to be one size. So if you think about now, the last time you went to a fish and chip shop and got a fish supper, have you ever tried to finish a fish supper? It is absolutely massive, you know, about six months ago my wife and I went to the chip shop and we thankfully decided to get a fish supper to share between us and we didn't even manage to finish that if we got one each we would have been throwing more than half of it away um, and it's it's crazy now that people are demanding more portions a greater portion size McDonald's french fries that's always a popular one I'm sure you've heard this before that McDonald's french fries contain three times more calories than when the franchise actually began so the portion size of that has increased. The, the 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 content back to this nutrition and calorie stuff. The calorific nature of the food has increased. The nutrition has probably decreased as well. It's it's mad to think about that when it comes to the portions. And a lot of this goes back to when, if you think about when you were a child or a young person, we always eat what's in front of us. Though a lot of people were taught when they were younger that uh, from young age you have to eat everything that's on your plate. Like the plate is the, the the be all and end all, and you have to finish everything. Well, if that's a mentality you were given when you were younger the plate size is actually increasing now, the physical plate size and the portion size going on the plate has also increased. So if your mentality beforehand was finish everything that's on your plate, you're going to eat everything that's on that plate and it might be more than you need, which again affects our waistline. So, you know, I hope that you don't feel like, <laughs> I know I'm providing a lot of things, I've only got on, this is only the first point, but I want you to kind of take what I'm saying think about it in relation to your own life and your own situation um, and, and how you go around that. Yeah probably okay so far in terms of like the social pressure surrounding this as well so fast food takeaways all the rest of it eating at restaurants it's less easy to go and get a salad or or grab some whole foods and like you know walk down the street with your friends whenever they're grabbing a grabbing a sausage roll or something it's the availability of of um high quality low calorie and nutrient like greater food is is less easy to come by I know a lot of these places do their best, but, um, you know, when was it, like, even the, the habits and things that we do, so, like, you know, when was the last time you were invited for a salad, like, with your friends? Like, that's not a thing that people do. People go, oh, we're going to go for a curry with the boys. That's kind of the nature of things. People aren't going, oh, let's go for a salad. Let's, you know, let's go for, you know, that's not how it is. And the culture of this is, 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 is different. And a lot of people make these things and make these habits every single weekend. You know, again, having worked with lots of people, lots of women, lots of, uh, lots of guys in the past as well, um, say, oh, well, how was the weekend? What did you do? And the weekend just, when I hear the descriptions, and I mean, I can't, I'm not sitting here judging at all because I've been in the same position before, but, you know, I ask this question every week and when I listen to the answers, it's weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of, oh, well, I was out, you know, Friday night for a couple of drinks and, and dinner and then uh, Saturday, well, I know I didn't train, didn't go to the gym and then uh, I was out for lunch on Saturday and then went for some drinks afterwards and I was hungover on Sunday morning, so I went and got this. And it's a whole big scale of it. Like, the whole weekend was based around food and eating and being with friends, and which is important as well, but it's overconsumption. It's alcohol as well associated with that. That is, um, that is crazy in terms of the amount that people go through this and, and do this to themselves. So, 
kind of getting on to the next point and in terms of moving this time okay so we generally exercise less okay children starting right from the start they don't exercise as much as schools are used to uh, it's usually because of some kind of you know requirement for them to do other classes or cutbacks and PE departments or the rest of it like even just general movements so your neat what we call your non-exercise activity thermogenesis which is basically the movement that you do every day that burns more energy than your actual uh, exercise and that's a greater it's a greater deficit that you can create when it comes to just generally moving but people struggle to get to increase their need because people drive to work and spend much of the day sitting at computers they they don't move they don't get up uh, they don't take the stairs uh, they use the elevator it is really eating into uh, our health and our habits a lot of things get in the way with this so people are working longer hours people find the time to go to the gym play sport do other exercise go for walks all the rest of it and the idea of working longer hours is something that i've definitely noticed as a personal trainer so you know i've in the past so i have changed the way i operate just now but in the past i used to be able to get a client clients in the evening from four to five five to six six or seven and be done i was i could go home after that and i could be finished by seven o'clock in the evening over the years i find it was more difficult to get people in at four o'clock it became five o'clock was the first session i could do and then it became six o'clock so it was then six to seven seven to eight is in line and i wasn't fin- finishing my uh, personal training session to nine o'clock at night i had a cut off and i refused i refused to train anyone beyond that time but that trend that i noticed maybe took two years for that to happen and we work a lot. We work far harder than we used to. We're going to get onto this a bit in a minute. Our working hours are so, so long and it ends up having a massive impact on the amount that we move because we don't move when we work. Like, let's be let's be real here. Unless you are a builder, a joiner, a craftsman or woman, you are not moving that much. You're sitting at a desk doing your finger typing pen pushing okay um that doesn't burn a lot of energy that burns quite a few calories if you're out you know the building site if you're out teaching classes if you're out you know doing another physical job you're burning heaps of energy and that is great that you're able to do that for your work and 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 that goes a long way to your daily uh, calorie expenditure which is which is awesome which is really, really good um but again people you know find ways to 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 not move as much things like walking to local shops people drive to their to their to their their stores now they park closer to the entrance like this is one thing that i see all the time people are fighting for these spaces like close to the front of the shop when they could park a bit further away and get their steps up even things like we're using more things in the home to to um expend less energy so things like like dishwashing right i know this is getting really nitty nit, nit gritty but dishwashing uh, leaf blowing instead of raking leaves like all the rest of it like, it's one of these things where we're using we're relying on technology too much to do work for us whenever we could be getting the benefit of moving more ourselves and the decrease in the amount of daily chores uh, as well as your general movement general walking around cycling to work all the rest of it has a massive impact on on increasing our waistline because we're not expending energy we're finding ways remember this environment thing we're talking about it's ways in which our environment has changed and where we're consuming more food and exercising less, okay? Hope this is making sense to you guys. Oh, I've skipped too many pages. Hang on. I've got my stuff in the computer here, so just need to go through that. Now, the next point that I'm going to get to is kind of brings these two things together. I'm just, now, this one is huge, and this is going to have a massive impact on, and everyone can relate to this. I'm, pr- I'm pretty calm. I mean, if someone says that they, they can't relate to this, then they're lying. But the amount of screens that we use these days is massive. Okay, you're probably sitting there nodding your head while you're listening to this on your iPhone. Screen time is through the roof. Okay, so now we have access to tablets, phones, laptop computers. Things like TV is getting more advanced. Netflix, Amazon, 
iPlayer, all these other ones without getting in too much trouble. It is so easy to get hooked on increasing our screen time. And a major player, there's two things for me which have an impact on this. One is the amount that we work. So using phones for work, tablets for work, working at computers. We're working too hard. Uh, we're working too hard. That's one thing. The next thing is an increase in the amount of entertainment that's available to us. So things like television, right? You can sit for a weekend and smash out a box set or two or three seasons of a box set. No problem if you choose to. Now, I know people that do this. And there's people listening to this who aren't going to like this next bit. But if you're sitting all weekend and binge watching these television shows, you're not moving. You are sitting on a sofa burns just a little bit more energy than sleeping, okay? So you're actually doing very, very little. What I found in the past is it's these people who complain the most about not having time or lack of results, okay? Because they're hooked on watching TV. When we watch this television and we're not moving, so say we've got a series that we're into, there's 49 seasons of it and there's 21 episodes in each season. So that's a lot of viewing, right? We do a lot of mindless snacking, okay? So a lot of people, when they watch these things, they mindlessly snack. They eat food. They put their hands in popcorn, hands in crisps, chocolate bars, fizzy drinks, and they sit all weekend. I know you do this. I know you're listening. You do this, okay? <laughs> and I've done it as well, so I'm not, remember, I'm with you, okay? You spend all this time sitting eating all this food. And you don't even really need it. You're not hungry. You just do it because you are watching TV. It's just something to do as well, okay? If you were doing another static thing, like doing a jigsaw with a friend, would you sit and eat the same amount of food? No, probably not. So it's a habit that you've probably got into that you need to think about changing. Even if you sat and watched the television and didn't eat anything, that is better for you than, like, than eating the food okay so it means you're going to consume less calories in terms of the advertisements and stuff so if it's a television kind of thing that you know when you watch tv and it's live television i know people skip through tv these days but have a bit of a look at the amount of commercials in between for food there's loads so you're being put food in front of you all the time even between all of these things and you are getting subjected to that you can order food like the just eat app and all these ones and all this other stuff you know, they flash up in the middle of like Coronation Street and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, say, like, oh, well, I could go for a takeaway. Do you know what I mean? So it's these things that happen, right? And even when you think they don't, they do. They do. Okay. Think about that. Think about what you're doing when it comes to your screen time and, and the activities you do around that. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I don't have time. And then it's getting on the next bit. I don't have time. I don't have time for this. If you look at your phone, if you have an iPhone, do you have a thing on it now that shows you how much screen time you use? I set myself a bit of a target to try to have mine decrease every week. Now, I use mine a lot for work. And I know, don't, I don't want anything saying you're being hypocritical. It's just life, okay? I'm doing my best. My aim every week is to get that to be less than it was the previous week. And so far, I've been successful. It was one week, it was a bit higher because I was sick. And I was on my phone a bit more. But generally, I managed to get it down a couple of percent every week, which is great great for me if you say you don't have time check out your screen use on your mobile phone and if it's four three four or five hours a day if you took one of those hours or even half of an hour and went for a walk or did some exercise that goes a massive way to to beating your environment to beating the thing that's in front of you and taking bloody control of it and going out and doing something that is going to benefit your mind your body all the rest of it okay and then this gets on to the next bit people say they're too busy now, this is one of these things that fucks me off beyond belief, okay? And I don't apologize for swearing there. And I actually saw this little quote on another PT's uh, Facebook. And I'm going to... Or it wasn't... It was Instagram, actually. I can't actually remember who it was. I'm sorry, I can't shout you out. But um, 
I don't know if he got it somewhere else or whatever, but I'm gonna I'm gonna quote it, but it didn't come from me, right? So saying you are too busy to do something is the adult equivalent of saying the dog ate my homework. It doesn't quite brush, right? It doesn't quite wash, all right? We work longer hours. We sit more than ever before, okay? British workers work the longest hours of any country in the EU, right? So if you are in the uh, in Britain right now and you're a worker, you work more than anyone else, all right? But countries like Germany, Denmark, they have higher rates of productivity and they work less. So you're actually doing mindless fucking stuff that you don't need to be there for, okay? So many times, I train lots of clients and they say, I can't do this, can't do that, I'm working, I'm working. Oh, I can't make my session now, I've got to stay late at work. No, you don't, right? This is something that, as you can tell, probably grates me, right? If you're paid for 40 hours a week or 42 hours a week, whatever it is, right? That is what you're paid to do. So I am all for going above and beyond. I am all for that. I go above and beyond for my clients as often as I can. However, you have to set restrictions with yourself to give yourself work-life balance, okay? And... Frances O'Grady, who's this woman, I can't remember what company she's part of. It was like a, it was like a group for assessing working status in the UK. Made this uh, quote that says, "Britain's long hours culture is nothing to be proud of. It's robbing workers of a decent home life and time with their loved ones. Overwork, stress, and exhaustion has become the new normal. That's not okay." That doesn't wash with me. I'm sorry, but that's not all right to be like that. It's not okay to be to be. And I, you know, something I've said before is that we've got this equation the whole way, like the wrong way around. And um, people are doing it wrong. They are living to work instead of working to live. And if you're taking work home with you and sitting on a laptop after, like, maybe you've worked longer than you need to in an office, and you've come home and you're getting a laptop up and you're doing more. Like, I'm sorry, but. There's a point at which you need to take a bit of action and ownership of what you're doing because you're affecting your own health, you're affecting the time and all the rest of it that you're giving to your loved ones around you and you are the one who's ultimately going to complain down the line because you don't feel like you're you're, you're better in your health and all the rest of it and you're stressed out and all, and all this kind of stuff. You're not going to perform, like imagine you're an athlete, right, and you had to train 14 hours a day. By the way, athletes don't train 14 hours a day, right? They train for... Depends on the athlete, obviously, but a couple of bouts of exercise or movement or whatever or training during the day, then they rest. They do other stuff, right? I've been an athlete. That's what you do. You cannot work optimally when you're absolutely exhausted. You haven't got other things to stimulate you. You're going on your mind and you're answering your phone, looking at the screen all the time. A lot of people watching this right now have probably or listening to this have got their head down thinking, that is totally me. And I've had clients recently say that they want to change their work-life balance. I have clients who complain about bosses. I have clients who complain about the people they work with. They make me do this. They make me do that. Do you know what? Don't do it then. Go and find something else or go and speak to the person who you are associated with or your boss or whatever and say, yeah, we need to do something here. We need to change because I'm not working very well because my other parts of my life were affected and that's really really important and the fact that like other countries this is something that gets me about the UK is that other countries show massive like reductions in working hours and they have more productivity they have more time for for themselves for their families all the rest of it and this woman Frances went on to kind of talk about um, as new technology changes our economy the benefit in our economy the benefits should be shared by working people that means shorter hours more time with family and friends and decent pay for everyone when you're overworked and when you're doing more than you're at you have to ask yourself what does my extra extra effort get me 
like what are the better outcomes that are going to associate that with me does it give me more money does it give me more opportunities does it give me more time off time off down the line does it give me more responsibility to delegate this shit off to other people if the answer is no then you're just doing all this stuff to serve someone else now i'm not saying turn your i'm not saying quit your job i'm not saying go and turn your back on your boss and all this kind of stuff but there has to be a time where you take a look in the mirror and say look something has to change i'm getting to work at half six in the morning not home to eight o'clock at night i don't get to train i don't get the exercise i'm eating like shit i don't get to i don't get to move i don't get to see my friends when i do see my friends i'm just going out and drinking alcohol going out it makes me feel better temporarily and then i feel shit the next day that's what happens okay and i appreciate that jobs are different like i think doctors nurses all the rest of it who do a fantastic job of of uh propping up the healthcare in this country and doing the hard old graft you know even they get time off, skips the time off. A doctor is not allowed to work more than a certain time. A nurse, I've trained plenty of nurses, cannot work beyond a certain time frame. And they also have to have certain times, they can't do oh, so many hours back to back when it comes to nights and all that. But they have to have so many days in between or whatever. There's steps in place to help them. And I wish for them down the line they get paid more money, all the rest of it. But that is actually slightly more of a balanced situation than most people, okay? There's things in place to help them. If you feel there's nothing in place to help you, you need to address that, okay? And overworking affects our mood and our responses when it comes to training and looking after ourselves. Think about when you get, when you so-called get busy. When you get busy, what's the first thing that you drop? You drop your own set, you drop yourself, you drop the priorities that, that are actually gonna make you feel better. You drop your training, you drop eating well, you drop your mindfulness meditation, you drop your time reading a book, you park all the stuff that is actually gonna make you more productive and make you feel better uh, in order to to serve someone else. That is the problem I have with this. As you can tell by my voice, I'm quite passionate about this, okay? And I get there's other stuff. There's long people work longer hours. Both parents are working. There's less time for for like shopping, making good choices when it comes to food, having time together, outdoor activities. I gotta nip that in the ass straight away. Okay, so I call bullshit on that. People say they don't have time to shop because they work too hard and they just grab on grab on the go. Now there's two things I want to say here. First of all, we use apps for everything these days. There are now apps to do one of two things. One, order your food to your house. Okay, in terms of your weekly shop. All these major supermarkets now have a shopping app where you can you can make your selections and uh, food gets delivered to your house. That's the first thing. You can cook it when you're there, right? If you don't have time, with my air commas, to do that, there are companies out there which provide you with ingredients to your door, which you just have to cook, okay? And they come day to day. They have recipe cards. Maybe upskill yourself a little bit, do something different, enjoy something else. But that is there as well. You can, do, you can, you can make use of that. There are even even services which provide you with ready-made meals of high quality that you can chuck in the microwave and have a, and have a really good meal okay there is no excuse for eating poorly and when people talk about grabbing on the go and they say oh i'm just eating snacks or i'm just eating chocolate i just grab what i can grabbing a banana is no more or less convenient than grabbing a mars bar think about that for a second so you know again i've worked with lots of people i've worked with lots of people who say i just grab on the go grab this i just grab that i just eat chocolate sweets all that kind of stuff think about why you do that so you know the banana is just as easy to pick up in the shop than the than the, than the mars bar just let's just use that as an example okay if eight times out of ten i pick the banana and two times out of the other two times i pick the mars bar pretty good that's the 80 20 rule okay i've got a pretty good uh balance there when it comes to my nutrition and i'm happy to treat myself on 20 percent of the occasion if you're grabbing the mars bar eight nine ten times out of ten and not grabbing the banana you have to maybe question why that is. There's other things going on there. You know, you know deep down the banana is more nutritionally beneficial for you. 
slightly lower in calories, I think. Don't quote me. But it's got more nutrients in it. We can all agree on that, okay? There's other stuff going on around you that leads you to that choice more often. Whether it's stress, whether it is, you know, wanting a quick boost of energy. A banana will also give you that. Just because you want to binge on something. Are you emotional eating? Are you doing it to just be like, oh, I need something to make me feel good? Like, what... And why is that happening? What else is going on in terms of your work, your life, all the rest of it that means you make that decision more often? Because ultimately, if you made that decision 10 times out of 10 and you did it every day, I'm not saying 10 more as much as a day, but you know what I mean? You you have that every single day, two, three times a day. You are needing to address something else, okay? I'll just leave that point with you. And this leads to things like stress, emotional eating, reaching for your junk food apps, all the rest of it, okay? Uh, Which is something that we we can't be proud of. Other thing as well, part of all of this, you know, there's hundreds of points we could go into about our environment. I just want to kind of highlight the main ones. I also don't want to make this podcast as long as the last one. (laughs) Check my time. Yeah, I'm all good. Gonna try and get this under an hour if I can. In terms of our social environment, so our social occasions, we can meet our friends more than we used to. Okay, which is great. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Our tools to communicate have increased. We've got Facebook, WhatsApp, Instagram, text messaging, phone calls, all the rest of it. It's more easily to to it's more easy to contact people, meet up, go for food. But this happens all the time. And it's so easy to have situations where it's like, hey, look, we're going out, do you want to come? And you're like, oh, screw it, I've not got anything in for dinner. Yeah, let's go out, let's do this. And then a meal out turns into meal and drinks and then turns into nightclubs and turns into all the rest of it. And then the effects of that are ongoing for the next little while. And it's important to kind of remember that people need, what I find dealing with lots of different people is that they need company all the time. They need to be around people. And this is, I don't know what this is in terms of our environment. I don't know whether... We need more contact because of stresses. We need more time with friends. We need to talk to more people. Uh, we need more emotional support than ever before, probably. And these things are all great. But a lot of these social occasions, due to the easy communication, revolve around food. And quite often, it's unhealthy choices to make each other... I can't use the word unhealthy because there's no such thing as unhealthy food. But choices that we maybe would uh, be better parking for another time, okay? <laughs> I don't know how to get around that. Um, and why this is happening there's a plethora of reasons as to why okay so it's one of these things that you know scheduling in i talk to my clients about making appointments with yourself so if it's like an exercise so if you're training if you're with the pt if you're training with me you have an appointment okay you have a session to make Uh, i expect that appointment to be made because it benefits you benefits me all good right it's so easy to turn around and say oh well i'm not going to do this i've got this made or i've got this or if it's casual exercise with yourself it's like Oh, well, I'll not go to the gym today because Jen has asked me to go for cocktails after work and it's all this kind of stuff. Whereas the benefits are obviously going to come from the exercise and then bettering yourself and, and all the rest of it. So social pressures from your friends, family, all the rest of it are going to make uh, your choices a little bit more uh, difficult, all right? And then the next thing I want to talk about as well, is kind of drawing all this together a wee bit, is a lot of people these days are suffering from like there's psychological factors, more anxiety, more overwhelm, more depression than ever before. This is something that, you know, a lot of the factors I've talked about above are probably contributory to some of these things, okay? I'm not saying it's to be all and end all. If you're suffering from any of these these um, conditions we've talked about, uh, it's a really good idea to go and seek some help, speak to your doctor, speak to your friend, you can speak to me, okay? I absolutely do not mind talking to you. See if I can point you in the right direction. But it's important to think about these things listed above especially when it comes to work social friendships food anxiety are there things we can address are there things that we can change to to make ourselves feel a little bit more in control better uh make ourselves feel like we can take control of something 
a lot of people always feel like their environment is overthrowing them and, and, and taking their control away. And to a degree, I can sympathise with that. However, this is the big point of this whole podcast. And I'm going to sum it up with a line that was actually told to me by an old gym manager I had, Mark Pennycook, who's a great a great friend and also does some work with us at Evolve. And he said, he, he, he says this about lots of different situations, but it's really a, a, appealing to this, is that it might not be your fault, but it's your responsibility. So I've just listed a whole heap of things there that I believe, and there's more. Listen, guys, there's loads more, but these are the main things that are contributory factors to our environment being different to it used to be. Our environment is essentially out to get us. You've got things around you all the time that prevent you from, that mean that you are moving less and eating more, okay? Our environment is out to get us like that. We've got more distractions, we've got more options, we've got more portions, we've got more things to go to, more busyness to have and, and all the rest of it. So our environment has changed and yes, it is easy to say our environment is out to get us and it might not be your fault. It's not your fault that the environment has changed like that. Your your culture has changed around you. That is not your problem. But it is your responsibility to do something about it, okay? And I have identified things in your life that are stopping you getting the results that you want. I don't think it's been overly technical, okay? A lot of it has been about observation. We've talked about a wee bit of research and some studies. However, you can visually identify day to day these things that are preventing you from moving more and eating less. There's preventative things, there's things out there that are getting in your way. It is up to you to take control of these things. And even if it is making one small change, that goes a massive way. And one of the reasons why people fail on a fat loss mission, and it's probably one of the major reasons, is because they start at zero. They're actually at zero. But on the first step, they try to go to 100. That's madness. I was talking to a client yesterday about this. If you're on a fat loss mission and you can't, if you don't have the knowledge, the skill, all the rest of it, which it's not your fault, you have to learn these things to make a better choice when it comes to a three-pound meal deal. If you can't do that, why on earth are you trying to prep 27 meals a week? Don't do it. Start with getting the meal deal right, okay? That's very anecdotal, I know. But I hope you understand the point. If you could make a better choice one day a week and then up into two days a week or even just two meals a week, and then gradually increase to that. So you form more habits. You take control of your environment. You take control of this convenience trap that people think they're in. People believe that convenience means high fat, high sugar, quick satisfaction. Whereas remember, it's just as easy to grab the banana as it is to grab the Mars bar. When it comes to meeting Jen for cocktails after work, well, you could get to your class before and maybe meet Jen after and have less drinks. Or you could say, listen, Jen, I've got a, I've got a session tonight how about we have those cocktails on the weekend that is a better way to approach things than 100 miles an hour and i want to just encourage you that this is going to be a better format for your life and remember yes our environment has changed massively i've just told you a heap of shit there and there's more that i've not gone into that has massively changed in your life over the last even five years that is meaning that you are preventing yourself from moving and exercising more generally and, and eating less or less calorie-dense food. But you have to take control of it. If you can re- listen to this podcast again, listen to it a thousand times, if you can reverse or identify some of these things, try and, and make a difference with it, that would go massively. One of the a girl I spoke to recently said she was a, a big one for binging on Netflix shows. And she was saying that something she's tried, tried to do is 
first of all, was not eat in between each... Like, not, like, sorry, not eat when she's watching, like, shows, okay? And every time she watched two episodes, or I think it was maybe three episodes, sorry, she went for a walk for 45 minutes and came back. And if she wanted to watch some more, she did. And if she didn't, then she did something else. That's a great way. That's a great, like, implementation tactic to actually get you to move a bit more and eat less food. That's what we're trying to do. Less calorie dense. And I hope that this podcast has been useful, okay? Um, I hope that you have been able to see that the changes in our life are there. They are, in a way, out to get you, to make you spend more money, to make your life seem easier, to make you work longer hours, to make you more overwhelmed and tired, pissed off and all the rest of it. But if you can fight back against that, if you can make some manageable steps, if you could write a list of three things that you're going to change over the next you know, month to slowly improve your quality of your life, then you will have a massive uh, impact on your health and fitness. So I'm going to wrap this podcast up there, guys. I really hope you enjoyed this one. I hope it's helped you out. If you have any questions about it, just drop me a, a message uh, on Facebook. Remember, I'd be really appreciative if you could follow me on Instagram at evolve under slash train. We can connect in there. And if you're in the Edinburgh area and you want to get involved with working with me, you can jump into our outdoor fitness session. So it's Evolve Outdoor Fitness. You can find that as a group on Facebook. Drop me a message and we can have a chat. And every month in 2020 and beyond, I'm going to be taking on up to 10 women to join the Evolve Academy, which is my 12-week online group coaching program with the aim of helping you guys lose between one and two stone within 12 weeks, which is brilliant. So thanks so much for listening again. Really glad you stuck around and, and listened. And please, please, please share this with as many people as possible. It's been great so far to uh, hear all the feedback and I just want this to keep growing so I can keep helping out as many people as possible. Thanks so much for listening. and uh, We'll see you in the next one.